May the Lord give you his peace. Good morning, little flock. <laughs> we have the theme of humility in a number of the readings today, including the gospel here, and um, even in the prayers and morning prayer. I love it when, uh, by coincidence, everything lines up. The breviary, the mass, you know, the themes and, and whatnot. Um, I was really struck by that, that reading from Romans 12. St. Paul wrote, Bless your persecutors, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Have the same attitude toward all. Put away ambitious thoughts and associate with those who are lowly. Um, that's exactly how you grow in humility. <laughs> you know, Making an effort to squash anything that's inside of you that's seeking you know, ambition. Climb the ladder. Uh, puffing yourself up, which is another meaning of a Greek word for conceit or pride up, kind of imagine like there's some animals that do that, right? Um, is it the cobra? Kind of puffs itself up when it wants to look at me. Or the uh, peacock is the ultimate example of the beautiful tails. Uh, uh, or when animals get ready to fight in the woods, they puff themselves up. And uh, so the, the line about associate with the lowly reminded me of a story from the life of St. Francis which um, I'm really trying to make an effort to reconnect with him. It's in the midst of all my <laughs> studies, you know, it's, it's easy to lose sight of St. Francis. And as you know, our relationship to St. Francis as Franciscans is a little bit different than any other religious community. You know, like the Benedictines, they love St. Benedict, but it's really the living of the rule of St. Benedict. It's a big part of their spirituality. The Jesuits, they love St. Ignatius, but it's the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius that's a big part of the Jesuit spirituality. Um, but for us, however, however you want to see this, I think it's kind of clear, and I wish Father Salantz was here to confirm or deny what I'm about to say. But uh, it seems to me like our relationship to St. Francis is a little bit different in that from the early, early days, St. Francis himself was looked upon as the ideal Franciscan. And so when the biographies of St. Francis were being written, not only was there an effort to preserve the memory of him and, and the details of his life and the story of, of everything with him, but it was kind of presented or preserved in a way that was like, and this is the ideal for us as Franciscans. So like the experiences of his life became Franciscan spirituality, Franciscan theology, the whole thing, right? Am I right on that? Or Brother Justin agrees, so it must be true, okay. Um, so there's this story in the early days when he has his conversion, remember when he's in Rome? And he, he changes clothing with a homeless person. And um, to me, in my prayer this morning, that kind of became uh, an icon of like Franciscan spirituality was pursuit of humility. You know, that, that St. Francis would want to, well, you know, clothing was always big for St. Francis, right? He grew up and, and um, his dad was the owner of, uh, his dad was Calvin Klein, you know, like fancy clothing. And, and he's known before his conversion for, for having, you know, like really nice threads. And then after his conversion, right, the habit, it's a garment of humility and penance. Um, but he does this exchange of clothing with the homeless person. And you try to break open what was going on there in the, the mind and heart of St. Francis. I think there's something really quite beautiful. You know, this desire to uh, trade places with somebody who was really poor and humble. It's solidarity, it's identity. In some ways, it's an extension of the incarnation. This is what God did, right? God, who is the mightiest of all, the creator of everything, you know. 
and uh, in taking on our human nature in Jesus, it's, there's this extreme example of humility. So Christian spirituality at its very core is about humility, the humility of God, right? Philippians 2, though he was in the form of God, he did hold it to be something to grasp that is not necessarily a good translation, although the, to think of Jesus not grasping at his divinity, it, it, it has echoes of Adam and Eve grasping at the fruit, which was symbolic of you will become like God, so they're grasping at divinity there in the garden. But a better translation of the word there is that he didn't count his divinity something he could use to exploit for his own gain. That one word has that meaning. So meaning when Jesus shows up, he's God, but he's in, united to a human nature, and they start beating him up, and they're getting ready to crucify him. He could have used his divinity to wipe everybody out, you know. Could have called on the Father to send all the angels and just level Jerusalem, you know. But, but he didn't do that. He submitted and allowed himself to be abused and killed and buried. Um, and this is really, you know, somehow we need to be in communion with that mystery in our own lives. And I think that the three vows that we take should have that aim, this kind of extreme humility, this desire to, to be humbled, to not take the place of honor at the banquet, you know, not, you know, not giving in to ambitious thoughts, but associating with the lowly spirituality of communion or solidarity that, you know, we would, we would want to trade places with somebody who was very poor and humble and homeless, you know, like symbolic of, of changing clothing something very rich and deep about that kind of gesture there that St. Francis did. Uh, and then obviously kissing the sores of the lepers, another moment, uh, something, a pursuit of humility that was there that's so profound. So um, for us, a couple of ideas. How can we know how humble we are or how not humble we are? <laughs> Do I really want to ask that question? Well, no, part of me does not. Like, don't ask. <laughs> if you, don't ask. If you don't want to know the answer, don't ask the question. Um, so I think there's a couple things, uh, litmus tests. Um, you know, like the car's got gauges to tell you how much gas or how much oil or the temperature. You know, we, we need gauges in our own life that can help us to understand, like, what's going on in our hearts. So I think something we could be on the lookout for uh, that could tell us how much, how we're doing in the humility department would be these. Um, anger you know and you find yourself getting angry frustrated annoyed it could be an indication that your humility is levels are low <laughs> you know because a humble person has a way of just accepting things and um so not that every instance of anger or frustration means that you're prideful but it could it could um so another another gauge would be embarrassment you know prideful people Get, get really embarrassed about things. And embarrassment is another shade of frustration, you know. It's like, oh, that's embarrassing. But humble people tend not to get embarrassed, you know. They're just so humble, things that happen. They just have the ability to kind of go with it, you know. Um, another thing would be um, certain, certain situations when we feel disappointed could mean that we're prideful or that our humility's not there. Um, we have high hopes for things and they don't pan out, especially when it pertains to, to us, our own, excuse me, like ego. could mean something. You know, like, for example, um, you know, I struggled a lot to write papers because I'm so rusty. And I wrote this paper, and I got some, a, lot of, uh, a lower grade than I was hoping. And I was, I was really annoyed, you know, like I wanted to, like, fight to get a better grade. 
And uh, I didn't do that. I took a moment to pray over it. And then I realized, oh, I'm so prideful. I should be humble. Like, thank you. I should have gotten an F on this paper. But, you know, that I got a B is uh, a, a gift, you know. But so just certain disappointments when, you know, we're hoping uh, ambition, and, you know, it could be an indication that we need to grow in humility. Um, I was thinking that uh, humility is so important uh, in our spiritual life. We don't want to confess our sins in honesty. It could be a sign. You know, we want to explain our sins away, like why we're not really guilty or why it's not my fault, you know, like, or self-entitlement, you know. These things are showing a lack of humility. Um, we, we don't want to receive, and forgive me for saying this, it's awkward coming for me, we don't want to receive corrections from our superior. <clears throat> or we want, to, we want to maneuver when we ask for permissions, or maybe we don't even ask for permission. Like, we're not engaging the vows, you know, of like obedience. Uh, you know, really looking for the spirituality of obedience there. It could be a sign that we're lacking in humility, you know. Um, it's always awkward, and, and I don't say this because I think any of you are doing it, but you all will be local servants or whatever. It's, so, it's always awkward when you feel like a uh, brother's manipulating to get what he wants. And, and it's like, come on, you know, or that, that things are being asked for. Either they don't, they're not asking, they just kind of live life where they're not checking in, or when they do ask in a way that they're kind of manipulating to get the yes that they want. And uh, I can say that because I do it. I've done it. And, you know, I have something I don't want to do. I try to figure out how I can not do it or something I really, really want and figure out a way so I can make sure I get a yes for that. Um, or, you know, the nuance the way you talk about it or maybe you leave certain details out or I don't know, whatever. Just another example of ways that maybe we're not, we need to pursue humility a little more. Um, but again, I do believe that uh, our own perspective on humility is a little different in that it's focused on Jesus and it's focused on the, the dynamic of the incarnation, this God who took on a human nature, submitted himself to the abuse of his creatures, you know, and, and um, so it's very Christian, very Catholic, you know, St. Francis, very Franciscan, um, this desire to, um, to imitate Jesus, to have Jesus formed in us as we grow in our spiritual life. Um, another gauge would be gratitude. When you're feeling the humble person is just grateful for everything, and the, the prideful person is just not, there's not a whole lot of gratitude going on in the heart of the prideful person. Um, but I, I think that humility I could put it this way, another another way to talk about it is it's kind of like miracle grow. <laughs> you know, you, you get some, put some humility in the soil and, and the tree is really going to flourish, you know, and I think humility has a way of boosting the other virtues, you know, like all the virtues that are there that we should be striving for, even the theological ones, faith, hope, and charity. Somehow humility is like miracle grow. It, it has a way of strengthening and boosting and enhancing them. Uh, <laughs> When you're preaching and you're going on and on and on and on and on, and then the brothers look at the clock, and you don't get annoyed or angry at that, then you're truly humble, you know? You, you know, the ability to laugh at yourself is another humble thing. So my, my apologies for rambling here. I'm saying what I need to hear. And uh, let's talk about it, and let's try to live it. In Jesus' name, amen.